You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program into our number two. It's The Big Show on your uh, lovely Monday morning. Welcome aboard. He's Patty Dumont. I'm Matty Rose. George is uh, away today under the weather. GVP and Shan in the other room running the show. Thanks for checking us out. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Now we go down the Atlas. We go down the uh, guest hotline to speak with Charles Davis for Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and in Okotoks. Good morning, Charles. How was your weekend? My weekend was good, but first of all, when we go to Tom's, mm. what do we have? Um, what do we have? I'm not entirely sure what you're having. I would probably go with the meat pie uh, for sure. That looks like one. But okay. I'm also of the idea that I like to let the chef kind of choose with certain things. Ooh, like oh, when yeah. I, when I like to go to the, yeah. like a joint like Tom's or something like that that's a little family run, what do you guys like? Like if you were to order, what would you eat? And, and kind of go from there because I'm I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to things like that. They got 27 I options, Charles. That. 27 options. What? They've 27 pizzas. Well, well, in other, so in other words, we're going at least 27 times. You got to go a day. Yeah. 27 days in a we row. We can maybe fit it in a February. So there we go. You know, <laughs> we we can do Black History Month a pizza a day. There you yes. go. Let's yes. do that. Yeah, it goes hand in hand somehow, I guess. Yeah, you gotta... I mean, somehow it's great. Yeah, well, I like your style because my favorite sandwich shop where I live, Parati's, Mm-hmm. When I go in there, I'm not. A, they get it to the point where I'm not even allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. Okay. When I walk in, he looks at me and goes, "All right, let me tell you what you're having today." That's <laughs> what he says. That's fair because sometimes and we, and we go from and we go from there. My opinion's not that good, so that's probably fair. You know? We don't need that. <laughs> so anyway, now back to our weekend. I hope you guys had a great one. I had a. I had a classic NFL weekend because I, in no shape, form, way, <laughs> galaxy, yep. did anyone say, okay, New England's getting off the deck this week and playing <laughs> their best game of the season and being a Buffalo Bills who have been scuffling for a little bit and were flat out determined to get back on the beam. And by the way, if nothing gets you right more than playing Bill Belichick, I don't know what it is. Mm. So this is it. And guess what happened? We saw it. New England did their thing. Amazing. Yeah, the uh, Mike Gusecki touchdown late ends up being the one that kind of seals the deal. Um, yeah, Charles Davis for CBS Sports is obviously calling the, the Bills and the Patriots yesterday. A huge upset loss for the Bills. Um, what was kind of more disappointing, the way the Gasicki gritties or the way that the yeah. the Bills showed out against the Patriots? Uh, more, most definitely the way Gasicki gritties. <laughs> it's <laughs> despicable. He isn't does it, it like, on purpose. He, he's, tur- he's turned that into his thing. I, the, I can't gritty, but I'm going to gritty anyway. Like, he is winking at his own joke yeah. is what it's turned into. Because you guys remember when he was doing it in Miami, we yeah. were all like, oh. Like everyone was throwing <laughs> their hands up over their eyes. And and if you were really brave, you you opened your hand, you know, your fingers a little bit, and then you looked away again. And now he knows that. So when he does it now, that's his I am laughing at myself, and I'm laughing at you <laughs> laughing at me. Yeah. So he's having a ball with it. But please, I really, like, when I see him next time, this is a promise. Mike, please, I beg you, don't do that anymore. <laughs> do something else. Please go to something else. But I guarantee you he's not going to because now it's an identity. It's a signature mm-hmm. for him. You got to do it, right? You got to have your brand. What did you make of uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick's secret extension as well that he didn't really want to talk oh, wow. about? That was about very that strange. Yes. How about that one? I-, I will tell you, I'm going to give you some insider baseball. Oh. Before, before our show, okay, we have other shows that we do, right? And there was some verbiage about how I was going to be asked a question. And we said, eh, I wouldn't ask it that way. Okay. 
No, actually, I didn't even say that. I just went, eh, I don't know about that. So we kind of kicked it around a little bit. And then the morning of, someone said, we probably shouldn't ask it that way because there's, a, there's now a report moving that he has signed a, an extension that no one knew about. Because, of course, the question was centering around Bill Belichick, his future, you know, what's going to happen in New England. And, and someone said, this report's moving. And as one of the insiders, I believe it's Ian Rappaport with NFL Network, and everyone was scrambling to try and confirm it. And no one could get it confirmed. So they were like, I don't know if we want to go with that. So that was the insider about kicking it around. That's when I discovered it. I had no idea. Like huh. that, That's the first time I'd heard. And in this day and age that you have a secret you know, extension, if indeed this is true, of course it would happen with Bill Belichick oh, yeah. and Mr. Kraft, right? Of course they would be the ones to be able to do something and it not go public. He's about the last one who can pull that off. Yeah, it's one of the one of the great, obviously, organizations in the NFL that uh, they still uh, treat it like Fort Knox around that place. And that's, that's just kind of refreshing to hear uh, in today's sport. Yeah, Fort, Fort Knox wishes their security was as good yeah, as it is in New England. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Bills, like, that's that's another another dud from Josh Allen. I mean, like, yeah. like what's going on here? Like, is it is it Ken Dorsey's offense? Because it feels like the Bills <laughs> haven't been the Bills since Brian Dable left. I would probably I'm going to I'm going to take the opposite tack on you because I don't think it was a dud from Josh. Okay. I really don't. When you watch that ball game, if we play that one back, what Belichick did on defense to force the issue on Josh because he was feeling like if we speed things up on him and get him off his spot, we think we can do enough on the back end to muck things up. All right. Mm -hmm. Getting J.C. Jackson back from the Chargers, getting Jack Jones back off the injury list, Duggar, Jabril Peppers. He felt good about the back end of the defense. Mm -hmm. But what he knew was he had no pass rushers. Judon injured. Uche injured doesn't play. Going into the game. How about this, guys? Because Uche and Judon weren't playing, the leading sack sacker for New England going into the Buffalo game had one for the season. Huh. <laughs> okay, so that just tells you right now, I got to change what I'm doing. So he brought pressure from every angle, every level, nickel blitzes, linebacker second level, delayed blitzes, you know, hey, you know, defensive ends just try and keep him contained. Did you notice the number of times that Josh couldn't even hit his back foot yeah. and he had to get on the move? Yeah. That's where I think the game changed for them. And I'm not sure all the receivers for Buffalo adjusted as mm. well. Okay, and not all, not all of them handle the scramble drill as well as they should. And Josh wanted to spread it around, and he actually did when you looked at the raw numbers, but there was no rhythm. And I, I will tell you this, and I will stand by it to my last breath. Josh Allen got out of more situations yesterday and kept plays alive. That's what he does, than right? any other quarterback in the league. Yeah. Like, we can talk Mahomes. We can yeah. talk all of them. What he did yesterday – I don't think it gets it will get enough appreciation because they lost. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And the big throw to Diggs, where Diggs did the baseball slide, got up and scored. Go back and watch that one and look at the fire in the face of Josh Allen. Yeah. And he stood in there and delivered. I'm going to give him a ton of credit for yesterday, but they just don't have the rhythm on offense. Mm. And once again, their refusal to try and establish a running game will continue to come back and get them. Mm -hmm. I don't care what they say. I will debate it with them until the, until the cows come home. Yep. You got to try and run it more, guys. I realize what you are, but they're not. They're, they're, it's just not happening. I mean, there are 41 throws yesterday. Yeah. And then I think Josh had six or seven runs. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, down in Baltimore, uh, what's the bigger story out of this? Is it is it Detroit getting humbled for the first time all year, or is it the Ravens and this offense finally, you know, clicking and that Lamar yeah. is, you know, he's three points off from the perfect quarterback rating? Like, what's the bigger story there? Ravens offense or that the Lions are, ooh, that wasn't a good one from them. Yeah, Ra Ra Ravens, Ravens offense. Yeah. Ravens offense. Because they're trying to find that consistency in offense, and we've seen flashes along the way. We're still trying to figure out how they lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah. They're trying to figure out how they lost to Pittsburgh, right? So when you throw it all together, that was a complete day for them. You know, they never truly got off the gas. 
everything worked. This so-called new expanded offense with Todd Munkin as mm-hmm. offense coordinator, what they're asking of Lamar Jackson, we saw it all come to fruition. Sure, the Lions got jumped on. Probably, I think Dan Campbell's actually right. Probably good for them. Yeah, because they're young. They're still a team learning how to win big games all the time. And just because you jumped on Kansas City, doesn't mean that you've totally arrived. Mm-hmm. And I think privately, he and his coaching staff are like, look. And he said, it, "God, how great is Dan Campbell?" Hey, no one enjoys watching the other team celebrate another sideline, but this should be motivating for us. And oh, yeah. I think he's right. What would? How much would you like playing for a guy like Dan Campbell? Did you ever have a coach like that? I I've had coaches who were like Dan Campbell's initial press conference. Yeah, we're gonna get after him. We're gonna bite kneecaps. We're gonna scratch. We're gonna claw. But they didn't have the other side that Dan Campbell had. That side of, I'm real. I've been in the struggle with you. And believe me, my coaches played. Mm. But boy, the ones I'm talking about, they were so hard bitten at that point that they didn't really relate. He relates. Now, I hope no one takes this that I never had a coach that I related to. That's not true. Yeah. I had plenty that I related. I'm just sure. talking about coaches like his initial presser, but that was all they were. Yeah. 100% through. Him, that's a whole different deal. You saw the press conference this week with the, the, the writer whose, whose wife had passed away suddenly. Yeah. And he was back at work, and he's doing the presser and talking about Lamar right in the middle of it. Just one sentence. The humanity. Hey, man, my heart goes out to you. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Didn't belabor it. Didn't turn it into, a, hey, look at me having sympathy for this man. One sentence. Back to work. That guy will carry that with him forever. And so will all the rest of us who witnessed it. So mm-hmm. that's what I didn't have from those types of coaches. Did I have coaches who were the Dan Campbell complete package? Sure, absolutely. Wanted to ask you about the Chiefs as well. Uh, Travis Kelsey, just an outstanding performance once again <laughs> as he and Patrick Mahomes national tight ends day. off on the chart. National yeah, tight it was day. National Tight Ends Day. Hey, I guess a great celebration for uh, Travis and the Chiefs as they uh, – Beat the brakes off the Chargers down at Arrowhead there yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and, and and if it's going to be National Tight Ends Day, which is another reason why the three of us should get together and, and, sure. and maybe the four of us when my man gets back from, from not feeling well. And let's go see Gasicki and tell him, okay, on National Tight Ends Day, don't do your bad gritty, okay? <laughs> but anyway. <I'm> yep. <laughs> but anyway, Kelsey, tremendous. He got help yesterday. And he got it from some unlikely sources, one of them being McCall Hardman. Because getting him back from the Jets, I don't think he's the ultimate panacea. Because until he proves, and I'm saying to me, like I'm, you know, the ultimate authority, in my humble opinion, I like McCall Hardman's game as gadget stuff. Hand it to him on a jet sweep, throw him a, a tunnel screen or a bubble screen, return a kick. But as a full-time go-to receiver, he's not demonstrated to me over the course of his career that he's that guy, which is one reason the Jets weren't playing him, which is one reason Kansas City let him go in the first place. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, he, made, he did more things. Now, can there be consistency with that? Chiefs are looking for that from anyone. Him, Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, you know, just go down the line so that Travis Kelsey gets some help. I thought yesterday McCall Hardman added a little bit of help And the Chiefs like to throw the ball like mad, too. But, my God, hand it to Isaiah Pacheco. Mm. Hand it to Mm. him, swing it to him, do whatever you got to do. Man, I'm not getting in the way of that guy. If we're talking about Gesicki's gritty, do we have to also talk about Taylor Swift and uh, Brittany Mahomes' high five? Yeah, we can, you know, look, I'm a Swifty to the core. Yeah. An absolute Swifty to the core. It was better than I expected. Better than expected, but do we need it? <laughs> that's a good point by you. That's no, that's the best. No, probably don't. No, nah, probably could have left that one at home. Actually, eh, you know. But look, it's look, it's irresistible. Mm. We've talked about it, and I'll just leave it at this: the NFL smart to lean in, smart to lean in. Business says leaning into Taylor Swift being at games <laughs> is great for the NFL. 
for every guy, every every when I say guy, for every person that's grousing, I'm sick of saying or I'm sick of doing. Guess what? You're not turning the TV off, <laughs> right? You didn't quit watching. You just groused. Other people were watching simply because they thought she might be there, and I get a glimpse of her. Keep leaning in, and by the way, if they want to dance, let them dance. Yeah, <laughs> NFL's not going to. NFL's cool with it. NFC South uh, had a big uh, divisional matchup over the weekend. Falcons kick a last-second field goal to beat the Buccaneers. Are the Falcons the best team in that division? At the moment, but it's gonna. I think it's gonna change and go back and forth for a while. Mm. Thursday night's gonna tell us a lot about the Buccaneers. <laughs> yes. They gotta go to Buffalo for a Thursday nighter. Quick turnaround, and by the way, Buccaneers were off to a three and one start, if I remember correctly. There were. Everyone was talking about Baker Mayfield, the resurgence, and that got kicked back pretty pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So monster deal for them, Buffalo, <laughs> for once having doubts about who they are because look, the Buffalo loss wasn't, wasn't simply the offense was struggling because they, they figured it out later and got themselves in position to win. Would you really expect Mac Jones with that lineup to take them down in a two minute drill, less than two minute drill and throw the game winning touchdown pass against one of the better defenses in the league, even with injuries? No. So Buffalo's defense has got to look at itself a little bit too. Mm. So this is going to be a great one on Thursday night because there are a lot of question marks both sides. And frankly, most people are still expecting Buffalo to win that game. And Tampa can afford to drop it for this reason. I don't think anyone runs away and hides in their division. (laughs) So I just think that when we look at it, we talk about this four weeks from now, there's no telling who will be leading the division other than Carolina. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, CD, uh, they're young, they're beat up, and maybe Matt Lafleur's play calling has been a little bit concerning. But how 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 messed up is this Packers offense right now with Jordan Love coming from a Packers fan? For what it's worth, yes. Yeah, I just I just think again, identity wise, the ability to close to use to use that one of those terms that we use all the time. I mean, think about where Jordan Love's biggest mistakes have been. Your pa- who's the Packers fan? Me. Patrick. Right. Yeah. So, 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 so think about this year, the biggest mistakes you think of throughout the season were in positions where green Bay had opportunities yep. to tie win, mm-hmm. right? Atlanta. That's the, uh, it, this it, past they, week. I mean, Vegas. Okay. Now, <laughs> now, 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 now let's go back and do what they call forensics. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you, the term post-mortem. That's where the mm. doctors get together at hospitals and discuss recent surgeries, what went wrong, yeah. how it went wrong. And I've heard those sessions are absolutely brutal, you know, um, where they examine it. Okay, let's go back to when we were scouting Jordan Love and he was coming out of college. What was the biggest knock on it? How many interceptions he threw at Utah State? Yep. Now, a lot of that was attributed to, well, sometimes they played better teams and he was trying to force things and he was trying to make plays. If you like a guy, you're going to find a way to excuse it. If you don't like a guy, other people crossed him off their list. Ah, I don't know about this kid. Right now, we're seeing the same things that they had question marks mm-hmm. happening right now. But it's his first year as a starter, and I'd love for someone to pull up Rodgers' first year as a starter yep. and compare it because Green Bay didn't make the playoffs. Rodgers' first year, no, six and ten. They had a losing. They had a yeah. They had a losing record that season. So sometimes we got to have a little bit of patience, but it's hard because it's Green Bay, and we're not used to them mm-hmm. being in this position. Uh, Cleveland-Indianapolis, a uh, little game of the day yesterday with uh, Browns. Ooh, who, uh, who saw that coming? Not us well, here. I, I had under 40, so yeah, it wasn't me. We, he was um. hammering that under. Uh, but, man, like the first game in NFL history with uh, three touchdowns over 50 yards and then three field goals over 50 yeah. yards, P.J. Walker coming in and mop-up duty, Kareem Hunt, like, like Miles Garrett, man, like him and TJ Watt, that race for defensive player of the year is going to be fascinating. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have a vote. <laughs> I don't, or maybe I do. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna act. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna act. I'm gonna act like I don't. Start okay? paying attention. I guess. Oh, I got your goodness. No, <laughs> well, I got a vote. You know the beauty is with both of them is you don't have to pay attention. They force you to see. Yeah, them. yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Right, I don't you think it'd be wrong picking one it. or the other. 
<laughs> and you don't have to worry at the end of each weekend. You realize, oh, my God, that guy did this, did that again? Again. Yeah. I mean, how about T.J. Watt's interception yeah. and return, and all of a sudden he looked like a flanker on a, on a crossing route. But anyway, Miles Garrett, forget it. Just forget it, all right? I don't care what you're doing. And the beauty is he doesn't have a side, right? Either yeah. side, he's, he's coming off the edge, and he's blowing someone away. If he wants to line up in the middle and loop and stunt and come straight, whatever. How about the block field goal? I mean, yeah. he he jumped through the gap and a lip. How often do you see a person <laughs> jump the gap and stand there and wait for you to kick it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's like, okay, I'm here. You can kick it now. I mean, it was unbelievable what he got done. The scary part for me was watching Deshaun Watson get hurt again. Yeah. If anyone wants to have the debate on turf versus grass. Think about a lot of the concussions we're seeing. Those head snaps. How many times we see a person's head bounce. Mm-hmm. And then watch and then ask yourself, did his head bounce on turf or did his head bounce on grass? I'm not saying grass is the absolute cure-all. It's a violent game. People are going to get hurt on grass too. Mm-hmm. I Listen, we're all trying to lower the odds and the numbers. I don't have to have empirical numbers in front of me. Your odds are better on natural grass. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. That's just the way it is. But when you see them bounce on the turf, it's a little bit on the frightening side. And I'm glad that he didn't go back in the game yesterday. Hopefully he'll be ready to go for next week. Like if Deshaun, like, like I hopefully, yeah, he's back next week without the concussion. But like, do you, like, do you think the way the Browns are structured with the way they can, like, well, I mean, they don't really have the, the running back, yeah. but they can run by the committee there with Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong, whoever, Jerome Ford. But with the defense, do you think they could be all right with P.J. Walker in that division if Deshaun has to miss any more time? It can be all right, but they can't be what they want to no. be. Yeah, and can and can and can be, because now you got to see they're already one to the one to the bad against Baltimore. Yeah, because they played Dorian Thompson Robinson and he got eaten alive. But I'm just going to tell you, if PJ Walker, PJ, uh, it is Walker, right? Yeah. If if he if he starts that ball game, maybe he plays better because of veteran experience. But do you really think they beat Baltimore? No. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's where we were, especially that day that we saw. Pittsburgh is getting better. Yep. I'm not not sitting here saying juggernaut. I've got them this week, by the way, so I'm eager to see them in person again. But they are getting better. Now, they got a great spot at the end of the ball game against the Rams to help them out, (laughs) but they are getting better. And I don't think that a P.J. Walker constitutes the same threat to Pittsburgh as Deshaun Watson does. And by the way, they're one to the bat against Pittsburgh, too. So they've got to have him playing at a higher level to to make it work and to pay off that defense. The defense Mm -hmm. is still really, really good. Yep. Charles, um, we are up against it, but something that we were, came up when you were uh, talking about Dan Campbell, I, I was wondering if I yeah. could maybe set, uh, set something on a tee for you for next week, if that's all right. Sure, certainly. Could you create your dream foursome of current NHL head, or NFL head coaches? Ooh, you mean to go out and play golf or just top four? Uh, go out and play golf with. They're oh, absolutely! A- active right now, just because you get to go around and kind of hang right out now. with those guys and, and yep. get to know them a little bit. I'm interested in who would be in your group that you'd like to just go out, spend a good four hours with. And we'll do that next week. We'll put a pin in it for next week. I love it. All right. I love, ha- I love hanging with you guys. You guys uh, ask me stop. really good questions and we have fun with it. And by the way, I'm starting to think that Redbone's my my walk-in music, my walk-up music. Uh, I'm getting that sense. He knows it. Right. That sense. We'll write them both on our whiteboard. That means we won't forget about it. So there you go. <laughs> you guys have a great week. Thanks, tell, CD. Just tell our guy to feel better, okay? Uh, we'll see. I'll do it again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. <laughs> Take care, man. There you go. Charles Davis, uh, CBS Sports, NFL Network, NFL gonna, analyst. Didn't want to say uh, Alabama beat his Tennessee Volunteers this weekend. Oh, uh, you didn't want to rub it in. Didn't want to rub we, it we, in. we ran out of time. Ran out of time. Ran out of time. Ran That's out of what time. it was. Uh, do you know why that is? Because we're going from essentially red zone to... Frozone. Frofray. <laughs> Frofray. I, I wish they could have called it Frozone, but then uh, in The Incredibles, Disney... Disney owns ESPN. <laughs> Let them go, use it. Go with Frofrey. Frofrey. <laughs> no, I hate it. Frofrey. Uh, do I like it? Frofrey? Mm, yeah. Frozen Frenzy. It's going to be taking place tomorrow. All 32 NHL teams are going to be in action. ESPN is doing an alternate broadcast. Might, much like Red Zone for the NFL. Um, they're trying something new. 
Look at them. Wow. Look at us. Look at us trying something new. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? We'll have a chat with John around the corner from ESPN as we continue hour two of the big show, Sports at 960 The Fan. Welcome back on a Monday morning show humming along here. Halfway through. It is moving fast. End is in sight. Look at that. Talking hockey for the next hour or so. Greg Millen joining us just after 8 o'clock. Analyst for Sportsnet. Was doing color for the Flames as they wrapped up that road trip. Yuck. Candace Gowdy from the Flames going to join us as well. Executive Director of Charitable Foundations and Community Investment. Yep. Flames have an uh, announcement. Pretty cool. We'll talk about that. Helping out in the community as well. We get our NFL big bets to go over. We have our locks of the mm-hmm. night. We got a lot to get to still here before we uh, wrap up the program. But joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline is John Bucigross, uh Frozen Frenzy host, ESPN, college hockey, chicken parm, overtime, you name it. He is your man. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time this morning. Thank you, boys. Good to be here. Yes, uh, we're very much looking forward to tomorrow's broadcast, uh, seeing what this is going to look like. All 32 teams playing on staggered start times, ripping around the entire NHL schedule and showing fans everything they need to see. How excited are you to step into the booth and and try out this new system for the NHL? This is going to be super cool. Yes, I have uh, ordered lots of coffee and diapers, so I am good. I am ready for a long day. Okay, that's good. Uh, what other type of preparation do you have to do for this? Because, you know, you've done play-by-play and hosting the whole nine yards. That's got to be a completely different sort of preparation compared to all 32 teams at once. Yeah, you know, I've been watching pretty much. I watch hockey every night. I've been doing it for 20 years. Mm. I don't have much of a life. <laughs> so, you know. I, I, yeah, you know the players, you know the coaches, you know the narratives, you know what the logos look like. So, uh, yeah, I got a pretty good idea. So it's fun. It's, um, you know, jumping around. Me and Kevin Weeks, we're both hockey nerds. So we're probably the right two guys to do this, you know. Um, so we'll, it'll be a lot of fun. I like those challenges of non-scripted television. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I like play-by-play so much now. I prefer it to studio because studio, normally like a sports center, is heavily produced and right down to the last second, almost to the word. So it's, you know, not as much, uh, it's not really a, a, a fear factor or anything like that. So it's fun to get kind of nervous, something that's a little bit special that seems people seem to be excited about. So they'll likely be tuned in. I just hope we can hope we can pay it off because there is a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> about it. And in the end, we're just showing hockey games, which are on every night anyway. So we're just kind of jumping around a little bit, trying to build the drama, show, you know, a bunch of replays. So I'm going to kind of curious to see how it all uh, is. Uh, you know, kind of accepted and what people think after the fact. What can someone watching this expect to see? Is this going to be a situation where you're not going to miss a goal like the NFL red zone never misses a touchdown? Are you going to focus on power plays, end of the game? What's kind of the idea as far as, you know, the, the what we're going to show on this? Yeah, certainly, um, you know, the idea is to obviously go as live as much as possible. If someone's on a power play, if, you know, Connor Bedard's on a power play. We can take that. Uh, we, you know, we'd like to turn around all whatever goal is scored. We'd like to turn it around very quickly, like inside a minute. If we're on another game and a goal is scored, or a commercial break, we have very few commercial breaks. I think only three, and um, I think they're two minutes long in the whole hour. So that's very good. So it is uh, almost commercial free, which certainly I guess the red zone is. So that, that's one thing they do have. Uh, but for the most part, it's commercial free. So it's just, yeah, jumping around and, and talking about, you know, also just it's kind of cool, especially more for us here in the States than you all. Um, just a chance for in prime time to just talk about hockey all night. Even we don't we don't get a lot of hockey mm-hmm. play on our radio shows down here, you know, on our sports talk call in shows, even in big hockey markets. You know, there's not really, really good high IQ uh, hockey discussions on radio shows here. Then even during the day here, even ESPN, our daytime shows don't really invest in hockey. And when they do, it's you almost wish 
no, maybe you shouldn't talk about it if you can't pronounce that guy's name. So, so this is <laughs> this is a chance. You know, just it's, it's, I look at also just like a hockey show where people in America can just really get kind of caught up. It's early in the season. We only know how every team is doing, what we think about every team, where they might be going. So I think in that way too, it's just a good way to celebrate the sport. Uh, John, like with uh, with with you guys doing your thing on ESPN two, is this going to be an opportunity maybe for like for somebody who's who hasn't been exposed to the NHL before? Is this would this be a good way to maybe introduce somebody who's watching hockey for the first time? Is this is this a great way to to showcase the game? It could be, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, fifteen twenty minutes at a time. You know, time spent viewing is an old TV word that we used to talk about a lot. I don't hear about it as much anymore, yeah. but maybe they just. They just want people just don't cut the cord. We don't care if you watch. <laughs> Maybe that's their new motto. I don't know. But back in the back in the day at ES back in the day at ESPN, it was about time spent viewing because you know people would flick around the the clicker a lot and of course it's hard to do that with streaming so maybe people don't turn the channel as much but um we just want people to watch for a significant amount of time like four minutes in a row eight minutes in a row 12 minutes in a row that was our challenge just to do that so maybe with um yeah for someone to tune in for a good half hour and and kind of see what's up in the hockey world i I'm, I'm even the hockey fan will probably pop in and pop out we're on all we're on from seven to eleven four straight hours. So you know, no one's going to sit there for four straight hours with their eyes open and, and watch you know, every second of every of our broadcast. So people might pop in, pop out. They might then go watch their team. You know, they're, they're, you know, hockey is a very parochial sport. They yes. might just focus on their game and then they become over. So that's what we got to keep in mind. Yeah, I just was thinking like the NHL network did like the NHL on the fly, but it was more like it wasn't more like live look-ins. It wasn't like popping around like you guys are gonna do here. Like like, but at ESPN here, like with, with Connor Bedard, you obviously had that that boost uh, opening night, uh, the most watched game on your network uh, with Connor Bedard. Like how how like big was that uh, to have him you know play there in Pittsburgh and you see the ratings come through? Like how how big was that to see? Yeah, that was an easy one that, you know, he's had built up for two years. He goes to a big market city like Chicago, who's thirsting for success after some down years here. And, of course, Pittsburgh is one of the best U.S. markets for TV ratings. They're always in the top yeah. three, five. So that, that you know, that, that was an easy winner. Um, you always like to see records broken, for sure, but that's an easy one. So hopefully he'll continue to do what he does, and the, the Chicago will slowly get better. Detroit's a good team in America for ratings. Of course, Boston, of course, Philadelphia, they're down right now. So, uh, so yeah, it's important to have these markets do well because, like I said, it's still we're still trying to get that national footprint, and we're doing better. I mean, I was still surprised Colorado and Tampa Bay two years ago got such a great rating down here yeah. in America. Yeah. Those aren't two big cities. They're not two big sports cities. Uh, you know, Denver's pretty good, uh, but it's still it's still a you know, different time zone, and and that mm. does matter in, in in the in TV ratings. So, but that was a good rating. So that was good. And now we'll see. ESPN has it back this year. ESPN ABC has the Cup this year. Last year was on cable with TNT, so the, the numbers will always be lower there. So curious to see what happens this year. I'm kind of rooting for an Edmonton. Uh, Toronto final just, just to see how it would rate these days. In the old days, they might shut it down. They might not even telecast it. Exactly. But, uh, I would like to. I would like to see how that would do in America. Wanted to ask you about a few of the American teams as we kind of get into uh, some of the other action on the ice here. What are you making of the Red Wings, the team that the Flames just took a pretty handy beating at the hands of? Yeah, I tweeted before the year. I was like, someone asked me if, if um, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. I was like, I don't think so. They got a lot of stuff. Like, they went out and got a lot of stuff the last three years. I don't know how it all works, but, yeah, give us Andrew Kopp. Yeah, give us comfort. Okay, Perron, come on over here. They just seemed to get a bunch of stuff. It didn't really make much sense uh, as they were trying to draft, get lucky in the lottery and get lucky in the draft picks. And they did pretty well with Sider and Raymond. Um, I don't think they're not earth shattering players, but they're really good. Um, but yeah, it's just working. They're dominating five on four. They got lucky with the Brinkett. I mean, to have a 40 goal score, just be out there. I knew he'd have a big year. Dylan Larkin is in the prime of his life. You know, he's not McDavid, Eichel, those guys, but he's a really good 200 foot player now who's comfortable. He's a captain. He's rich. So he's all good now. So it's just, yeah, it's just, they're like, kind of like Seattle last year. You don't need any superstars. Just got to get a bunch of good guys and then maybe it'll work. And, they, and it might not work in Seattle this year. They look like they stink. So maybe Detroit's this year's Seattle and Seattle's. Last year's Detroit. 
They're fun to watch. That is for sure. Can you quantify what hockey means in Michigan to Canadians? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're after Minnesota, it's probably you know the most important state in in the U.S. in terms of producing uh, hockey talent, natural resources, people, men, women who play hockey and are good at it, and then also just you know it has NHL, AHL, Division One. It's got a you know it really does have a, a wide variety of different levels obviously going back to the the little caesars and honey baked days in terms of youth hockey or minor hockey as you guys call it so it really does have a you know from a long history of it and really does have a, a big swath of, uh, of hockey it's just uh it's the mitten it's uh it's part of their winters and it's good when detroit is good it helps the league when it when a detroit is good just like if philly gets back at it you know boston's been good for a while that has helped the nhl we mentioned pittsburgh um with this iteration uh, of crosby and malkin and, and going to cups it, it's hockey's really exploded in pittsburgh they're producing high level talent now logan cooley grew up there mm. uh you know the, the arizona county so yeah it's a some cities matter more. And of course, the idea is just to kind of, you know, over time, get more and more cities where hockey matters like that. Hockey is still a young sport in this country. When I was born, there were four teams in the U.S. Four. When I, when I was born, you know, I'm not a fossil or anything. So uh, it takes time to build these generations of grandpas taking grandsons and granddaughters. And it just takes time. And, and, and for us in America, the NHL in, in a few cities, there's only a few cities where that's the case. Detroit's one of them. Now, Chicago would probably fall into that a little bit as well. What yep, have you made of, of this season for them with Connor Bedard and trying to kind of bring that magic back to that organization? Yeah, they still stink, and they're still going to be you know, <laughs> one of the three worst teams, which they want to be. They want to stink this year mm-hmm. again, um, and they get a top three pick next year. You know, whether it's Celebrini or Iserman or or, or somebody in that in a big blue chip. And then I imagine, then okay, after we get two, three drafts, then we'll start to look to make kind of a move. And then I think they'll always be a free agent destination. So as long as they create these young players and then have cap space, then you can either trade for bad contracts, trade for a disgruntled player, like how Vegas got Jack Eichel or sign just a a rare UFA who goes on the market as a 27, 28 year old because so many teams lock up their players now as they should. So yeah, that's kind of the idea, but you know, you got to be careful as we've seen Buffalo and Detroit, once you scrap it down, it's hard to get lucky in the lottery every year. Things can happen and you can still wait to, you can take a decade to get back to the playoffs, much less even be a factor and win a playoff round um, just to get back there. So it's, you know, you're playing with fire when you do that, but I think Chicago, they're off to a good start, obviously with Bedard, and now just you know slowly filling the pieces with with more high end picks. Get lucky with a second and third or a fourth, kind of like Tampa Bay did with Braden Point and Kucherov. You get a little lucky. You don't have to have a, a top three overall pick uh, to build a winner. You know they had obviously Hedman and Stamkos, but then it's you know a mid rounder in Vasilevsky, and then after the first round for other guys. So that that's where you have to get lucky too. Now uh, the TV numbers. Whenever Connor Bedard was playing early on in the season, the TV numbers were great down south. Um, what does that mean to you when you see the TV numbers are good for Bedard? What does that tell you about what his impact is on kind of the casual fan around the sport? Yeah, again, it's a big market city. It's a guy. It's a kid who's had publicity. Um, for the last couple of years, and we don't normally get that down here in hockey. We don't really have. He might have been the first one, really. You know, Matthews was kind of there, but this seems bigger uh, for some reason. Maybe because Chicago won the lottery, then it amped up down here. Where Toronto won the lottery, and, and we're down here. It's like, oh, he's going to Canada. Uh, but <laughs> this guy's coming to a big, big American city, big market, huge sports town, like you said. One of the, you know, New York, Boston, Detroit, Chicago. Those are the four hockey markets that had your, that your grandfather watched you know you, the other the other cities they don't they they, they were starting the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and so it's, it takes time it takes 50 60 you know some of these baseball teams have been around for 150 years literally you know every american league team's been around for 123 years and they started in 1900 so that that just builds such a, a large inventory of fans and generations and family because that's what sports becomes becomes about family professionally it becomes obviously for college it becomes alma mater which is also big down here college sports because it's alma maters and it's nostalgia mm-hmm. and it's looking back mm-hmm. to when you're a kid so so yeah chicago i think the combination of chicago and um and the fact that berard got all that hype down here um which helped build him up we don't know like, we get that with college football players we get it with college yeah. basketball players a little bit not as much 
Uh, but so it was cool to have that for him. And I always try to build those guys up with college hockey as well, just to give them a relationship to the fans so they can see them coming. And then when they come, there's a curiosity to go see them play and see what they're about and watch them grow. I wanted to ask you about international play because I'm sure this is something that you got to be very excited about coming up in 2025. Obviously, I think everybody you know on our show would be cheering for a different team than you, but nevertheless, how excited are you for international competition and really this American team that could be an absolute wagon? Yeah, it's been the it's, it's been the one big minus demerit against the current NHL administration uh not having best on best tournaments it's it just fuels interest um because then you bring in patriotism and you just bring in curiosity and and uh and like the world cup does for soccer and of course the champions league i mean soccer has so much of the best on best stuff um to, to make it work in, in in a real unique and creative way and and hockey hasn't had that so it, that that's been a major issue and it i think it definitely has helped stagnate the sport a little bit and and they need it, and they got to get going there. I think they, I think they finally recognize that, whether developing their own World Cup or something. But uh, the Olympics still, unfortunately, for as, as you know, decrepit as it is, the whole Olympic model <laughs> and the people around it, it still is the best way uh, to have these you know have these best on best. Now again, you wish you would have kept with the World Cup and like soccer create made a World Cup where now that's the biggest soccer event and that has nothing to do with the Olympics. So that's the idea. But again, those that that conversation should have been had thirty years ago, forty years ago. Again, it takes time to build tradition and build that tension like the Ryder Cup or the World Cup or the Olympics. Um, you know, the President's Cup is starting to get there a little bit because it takes time. There's a brand new event when golf started that. So yeah, they got to get going on that. That's how you, that's how you grow the game for sure. It's best on best international. And um, because that's, that's the, that's the world we're in now. John, you, you're anybody who goes to your, your Twitter or your ex uh, and sees your profile, you're, you're big into call. You're big into college hockey, obviously down, down in the down South. And I think uh, up here in Canada, we kind of like, we don't really get uh, absorbed to that environment of, of, of that college environment. You see it in the, in, in the, in the football stages, the basketball arenas, like the, 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 the student section is amazing. They got the bands and everything. And then you come up here, like the junior hockey is pretty much that it's equivalent, but you go to the rinks, it's a little quiet. You know, there's, there's a bunch of kids, maybe not paying attention to the game. They're running around and doing whatnot. Just explain to our Canadian audience, just like, the atmosphere of these college barns and just like the, the quality of play is also improved tenfold over the last decade or so down there. Like kids are, are, you know, going to the NCA and they're coming up to the NHL and they're making impacts. Just talk to us about the, that, that environment, like, like just the energy that the college hockey brings. Yeah. I mean, 30% of the NHL plays played college hockey. Um, obviously a good, and a good number of Canadians, you know, yep. kids come down and play American college hockey. And yeah, it's just part of the American experience college, you know, it's, um, and as a result of sports all grew right along with it. And yeah, it's just a, it's a good atmosphere for the kids. And that's why some Canadian kids come down and play. They can train all week and they can play on Saturdays and Sundays most of the time. Where in junior, you're playing every day. It's more a professional type of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, here, it's that, you know, you tra- you can lift weights. You can, you, you're, it's good for the late bloomers, good for the hard gainers to really work on their skills and strength and then play on the weekends and also just have a, a different kind of social experience. So you can meet people who don't play hockey. Yep. You can, you know, it's a good, it's a good way to meet girls. It's a, you know, it's just a lot of people in one small area. So uh, people your age, you're talking about, depending on the size of school, there could be 10, 20, 30, 40,000 people your age within six city blocks. And like, that's, yeah. uh, that, that, that was my great memory of college. When I, when I was, as we were winding down, I go, I'll, I went to a small school, like a thousand students, but I felt like I knew everybody. I go, I'll never in my life, be around a thousand of my friends this yeah. close again. Like th- this is why this is so much fun. This is why we love this. This is why. We- and I knew that while I was there, I was, this was me talking when I was in college that this is why I'm going to miss this. I'll never be around this many people, different people, uh, just the amount of people, the, the friendships and that, you know, so it's a great experience for that. I think that's why so many, especially the one and Dunners would have loved to have gone back. Jack Geichel would have loved to have gone back. It was a harder decision for him than people realize. It's just, it's just a blast and fun. And the barns are small and intimate and the games are more special because there's only one or two a week so it has that like nascar football feel that's why every football game is big because they play once a week you know and so yeah. the college kind of has a little bit of that flavor 
How much of Macklin Celebrini have you seen at Boston University projected top pick for 2024? Yeah, he's great, man. He's he's. I think he'll be the top pick. We'll see if someone could unseat him. Uh, but he just plays that fast new game where he goes 100 miles an hour. He's not afraid in the middle of the ice. He can shoot it. Kind of just do a lot. A lot of it kind of reminds me a little bit of Logan Cooley. Seems to be more in the middle of the ice than Cooley was. Um, but right along that dynamic, you know, fast, courageous, uh, a lot of zip to his game. I like guys who have that kind of zip and are excited to be out there and uh, make any, and he can wire it as well. So yeah, we'll keep, he's only 17 years old. He'll be 17 the entire college season. That's really young. Doesn't turn 18. until after the season is over, then he'll be like we said, probably the first or second pick uh, next June, wherever the draft will be. So yeah, he, he's the latest name. It's a cool name, a name that I'll be pushing on Twitter and get people to know. So then when that lottery comes up, people will say, Oh, we get that guy. That's what's cool about having a Bedard too. Cause you knew he was the guy. Yeah. So when you have the lottery, then that you can sell the lottery. And then after the lottery's over, you can sell the draft. And when the draft is over, you sell tickets. It's just a, having that one big guy is huge. I don't think celebrating will probably quite approach Bedard, but he'll be in the neighborhood and I'll do my best to kind of to push that. Love it, John. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. Enjoy the broadcast tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. Frozen frenzy, all 32 teams in action, jumping around and showing a little bit of everything, everything that fans need to see. Uh, it's going to be great. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, John. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. There you go. It's John Bucigras from ESPN. Uh, does play-by-play, hosts studio shows. Mm-hmm. He's going to be hosting the Frozen Frenzy with uh, Kevin Weeks tomorrow. Yep. We'll see what we get from that broadcast. The Flames are going to be a part of it because they play at 745. They'll be taking on the Rangers Mm -hmm. as they return home from their road trip. They will practice today at 11 o'clock before um, hosting the Blue Shirts. It should be a good game, too. Yeah, I want to get this one right, get it righted here as you head into a pretty important week around, uh, around these parts here in Alberta. Uh, obviously, with the outdoor game coming up on Sunday, there's a little bit of an added element, a little bit of added distraction, and uh, you obviously want to be playing good hockey heading into that one. Yeah, you definitely do. I'm interested to see what this broadcast looks like tomorrow. Yeah, I've been looking on the Sportsnet to uh, listings to see if uh, if, if uh, our boys are going to be picking up anything. I haven't seen anything, so it might just be a U.S. thing, which is which is okay. I mean, like, hell, we... It's uh, it's it's for them. It's for them to, to grow the game down there using their platform to to showcase. Um, yeah, I, I can't I can't complain about that. It'd be cool to cool to see, cool to see how it looks. I'm sure we'll see some things pop in on X and whatnot to yeah. uh, see how they're doing things. So I'm excited to see what happens. Show more of the game. Let's do that. Never wrong with that. Um, the problem is, and and everyone loves to complain. Like, oh, why is there only one game on this particular night? Well, the NHL is a Tuesday, Thursday, and uh, Saturday league. Like it's never, it, so it's, it, it, that's it can one. be a it can be a Tuesday to Saturday league. I mean, Mondays are really the only days it probably shouldn't at least until until December, January when it's like, yeah, this is Monday night football. This is that's where the rain is going to. If the the thing is, the NHL shouldn't care about what the NFL is pulling. The NFL is going to pull no matter what, no matter who's playing. It's still going to have disgusting ratings, and the NHL. Shouldn't be like, oh, well, the NFL's taking our audience. The NFL audience was never going to watch your game in the first place. Mm. So I'm I'm okay with having games like it, it, it expanding and becoming a more weekly type league. It doesn't have to necessarily be a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday thing. And you know, like I, the, this week is a little weird because they're having all 16 teams on yeah. on Tuesday or uh, all 16 games. But sorry. that means that only two teams will be playing on a back to back tomorrow. That's good. Right? Devils and Canadians because they're the only teams in action tonight. Yeah. As uh, those will then, battle at uh, five o'clock, you can watch it on sports. And then obviously West. you guys have uh, the, they'll have the backups on, uh, or somebody will have a back to back on the. Yeah, there will be a whole bunch of stuff Wednesday, on Wednesday too. Well, Washington, New Jersey, just one game on yeah. Wednesday as well. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, plus tonight you have Game Seven baseball. Mm-hmm. You have Game Six baseball. You have Monday Night Football mm-hmm. Vikings and Forty Niners. What do you need to watch hockey for? Got all sorts of stuff to Hab Sabres, whatever. Dip your toes into. Yes, sir. Be a lot of Habs fans there. Mm-hmm. Uh, John joined us down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, by the way, need to let you all know, George and myself are going to be hosting a live show from Edmonton Sunday, October the 29th from 2 to 4 o'clock. It's going to be brought to you by Tuxedo Search for Sports. 
Come see why Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey at 2520 Centre Street North. We're going to go up on the Sunday in the morning. We're going to host a little program from 2 to 4 o'clock. Yep. We are going to get out of the way for Patty's pregame show at 4 o'clock. Flames, Oilers, 5 o'clock. Heritage Classic from Commonwealth. Uh, and then after that, I think we're just probably going to maybe have a couple drinks, go to a hotel, and then we're going to uh, do a hotel room show on Monday, Monday morning, morning, which is uh, always fun. But looking forward to that. Uh, we are going to be in Edmonton. If you're heading up, let us know. You can reach out to us on uh, Twitter, social media, and we can go from there, see if we can uh, cross paths per se. But we're looking forward to this. A uh, couple of roster notes. Doesn't look like Connor McDavid is going to be available. Yeah, no McDude. Expected to miss, miss a week or two of play with an upper body injury. Um, a week would be Sunday. So up in the air. You know, like Taylor Hall was week to week and he only missed one game. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so that's one guy that's going to be missing on the Oilers side for the Flames, Rasmus Anderson. That would be game four of his current four game suspension. Yeah, we should probably find out later today whether the NHL is going to rule in favor of uh, keeping that suspension uh, in tow for four. So, yeah, appealed by the NHLPA, uh, Rasmus Anderson and his agent Claude Lemieux. Uh, so they'll see if they can get that thing reduced. Uh, the of course, Claude wants that thing reduced. It goes to directly to Gary Bettman. Yeah. No individual arbitrator because it's not a su- suspension over six games. Yeah. So uh, Gary Bettman will have the final ruling on this uh, suspension for Rasmus Anderson. Yes. Um, I was a little surprised it was four. I felt like it was going to be multiple games for sure. Um, but four, you're like, oh, man, Heritage Classic. I understand that we're trying to teach a lesson here, but <laughs> it's a pretty big. Hmm. Okay. Nevertheless, we'll take a break around the corner. Uh, we will dive into the Flames weekend with Greg Millen. Uh, talk a little bit about, hey, what have you seen from this def- defensive structure? Hey, is Jonathan Huberto going to get back to what we think he can be? That and several more conversations to have with Millsy around the corner. Uh, has been covering the Flames for Sportsnet, obviously, on the TV side of things. We'll have a chat with him as we continue into our number three. The Big Show, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.